Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Thundercast. For those of you who are watching us on YouTube, you'll notice right away that KD is not with us. Uh, he is out, and we have a pinch hitter that we brought in, Jed Horton from McKnight Link. Longtime viewers and listeners of the Thundercast are going to recognize that face, recognize that name, recognize that business. And uh, Jed, welcome. Hey, Russ, thanks for having me on. I uh, got big, uh, some big shoes to fill here, but uh, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to uh, talking some uh, martial athletics today. Yeah, and we're going to be all over the place because I'm going to be trying to play KD while you play me, and then I'll play myself while you're playing KD. <laughs> huge, huge, huge shoes, like you said, to fill. He always leads with these intros. I never have to worry about it. So we have the uh, links uh, in the description of anything that we're going to be talking about. Uh, Thundercast.online, our Twitter feed, Facebook, all that stuff we'll have down here, as well as our sponsors. Speaking of which, we're going to start off real quick with a word from our sponsors, uh, the law firm of Laser Oliver PLLC. If you've been hurt in a wreck, call the law firm of Laser Oliver PLLC. Find them at 304carwreck.com. All right, Jed, a lot has gone on. We have been about nine, ten days now since we uh, recorded our last episode. Heck, it might be by the time this goes up, it's almost pushing two weeks. Uh, this is a busy, busy season. Not a lot of people realize that if they follow football only, they may think it's a dead period. You're going to see when we get to around the herd, just everything that has happened over these last couple of weeks. But first, like we always do, we're going to start off with, uh, five things. And, um, maybe you could tell us who it is that sponsors that yeah. wonderful segment that we bring to you every week. So, so today, Russ, uh, I really wanted to get my money's worth. So today we're not doing five things, but we've got nine things every herd fan needs to know this week brought to you by ignite link, the premier, the tri-state's premier it management team screwed up my own tagline. <laughs> <laughs> number one, number one, swim and dive is named CSCAA scholar, all American team for fall of 2023 is they had the highest GPA in Division One, with a 3.8. Could you say that again, the highest GPA in what? Division One, all of Division the, One. The entire Division One, the folks. Whole, they got whole of, yeah, 3.8. Number, number one overall. Now, if, if you think that you're hearing that for the first time, maybe it's because you didn't listen to us last year. But this is the second straight fall that they have finished number one overall in Division One, and I just think that is insane to to think of and huge for us. We we are so proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Russ, there's a word. What does Katie use? What is that called? Di differentiator. Di there it is. 
I'm glad you yeah. pronounced it. I struggle. And it is. You know, we we joke about that. It's a running joke here on the show, but uh, it is when students are thinking of coming here, when parents are thinking of bringing their kids here, and they see something like this, they realize it's not just about uh, in the pool, on the track, on the court, on the field. Uh, it's about what we do in the classroom. And uh, we bring this up a lot. It's not just this. Uh, swim and dive, you know, uh, women's golf has always finished real high. Men's golf finished high. We have a lot of different uh, uh, scholastic achievements that we talk about here in the five things. And I mean, it is truly a differentiator. Well, and that's really what, what they're in college for, right? I mean, we, yeah. we love martial athletics, right? Huge martial mm-hmm. fans. We love watching the, the athletes perform, but they're, but they're there to go to school. Most of them, um, you know, graduate and go on to work, you know, work jobs. And so they they take that education with them. And so that's, and that's really great that not only are they able to do amazingly well at the sports uh, Mm -hmm. that they're participating in, but also to be able to have that, that quality education too. And and that's, that speaks volumes. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I can never say enough about this because they are here for um, school first. Uh, I myself didn't, uh, didn't follow that path. I was here for school and wasn't an athlete and didn't take mm-hmm. school as seriously. So I truly appreciate what they're doing. I mean, we talk about their schedules, uh, the travel that they have to do and still pulling in 3.8 and finishing the highest. I'm going to say it one last time, the highest GPA in division one. Absolutely. Number two there. I, I don't know if, have you heard of this? Have you heard of her? Abby Herring? That name sounds mm-hmm. familiar. But, yeah, we, uh, we've, we've mentioned her once or twice. Have you me. mentioned her? I feel like she's even been on the show, maybe. I'm not quite yeah. sure. But Abby Herring obliterates the 5K indoor record. Okay, get this. She breaks the meet and track record by more than 20 seconds in a 5K. 20 yeah. seconds. Breaks the school record by more than a minute. More than on a, a minute. Five, on, in a 5K. On a 5K. The new record stands at 16 minutes, 21 seconds. She was named SBC Women's Track Athlete of the Week. Uh, we might need to call her Athlete of the Year at this point, uh, but that's her second of this year. Yeah, and I mean, we—I mean, it's a running joke. When we had her on the show, I think there were 26 different records that she owned at Marshall, <laughs> and a lot of them were breaking her previous record. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and of that, she also owns the record – for most records and the record for breaking her own record the most time, uh, just insane, you know, uh, the, the records that she holds, but beating in a 5k, that's 3.1 miles. She shaved off a full minute plus from the old record, a minute plus in 3.1 miles. It's crazy. That, and that's an, that's just a crazy time too. I was looking at that. I've been, I've been trying to get back to the gym personally and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, start with the treadmill, at least for me. And I can tell you that I cannot run a 5k in. she would have lapped me. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I've, I've said this before, but I think that I have probably ran a 5k cumulatively in my life. <laughs> I, I think if you add it all up, it might Once. come to 3.1 miles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, we cannot say enough about Abby Herring. Yeah. I mean, I, I, recently said to someone on Twitter when they were uh, talking about Abby, I said, that is the single 
name that has been mentioned the most on five things, which we lead every single week. That's what, how we lead our episodes. And she has been mentioned more times than any other athlete. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, just, I, I can't imagine that she does not immediately go in the hall of fame once she's eligible for, mm-hmm. for Marshall, uh, yeah. just insane stats. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you, Russ. She, she should, she, she is a phenomenal athlete. And I mean, how many other athletes have broken as many records as she has? I mean, she's I, has to be an all time top martial athlete. Yeah. Know, up there yeah. in the very top. So. Yeah. And, and local ish right here from Parkersburg, West Virginia and everything. If you have not seen her interview on the show, seek that out. Uh, we'll, we'll probably, uh, break that up and post that again uh, at the end of her career uh, and maybe try to have her on a second time. Mm -hmm. But uh, just an awesome individual, awesome representative of Marshall Mm -hmm. and just obviously awesome on the track. Right. Mm -hmm. So number three, moving on uh, somebody else breaking record. Uh, Kylie Maston breaks her own school record for the 800 meters with a time of two, uh, two minutes and 10 seconds. Wait, is that right? Am I reading that right? Yeah. Ten yeah. Minutes two minutes. And, two minutes and ten seconds and sixty-one yeah. milliseconds. There we go. I yeah. don't know how to read a clock. Uh, I just say point point six one. Point six the one. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, uh, Ronnie uh, Saunders uh, broke the meet record in the mile with a time of four minutes and seven seconds, which is extremely fast. Yeah, all of these came at the uh, Marshall Invitational. We're going to talk about in Around the Herd to have all those results. But uh, Kylie Mastin, KD, has nicknamed her big time Kylie Mastin. Uh, he said, he predicted, uh, we're talking about over-unders at this Marshall University of school records that would fall. He said, I'm guessing, I'm guessing we'll have two. And uh, Abby did the first, and then... Not long after, we got Kylie Mastin breaking her own school record, which, again, she is usually breaking records and breaking her own and just improving on it. Um, what a career she is turning out as well. Yep, ab- absolutely. And Ronnie Saunders, uh, you know, he uh, broke the meet record in the mile. Uh, this was uh, the Marshall Invitational, but it wasn't the track record. It wasn't the school record, but he broke the meet record. So the Marshall Invitational record for that event. Uh, and four minutes, seven seconds. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening can remember Roger Bannister years and years, decades ago, was the first person to break a four minute mile. And I know, you know, that's been broken many, many times since, but we're talking about someone now getting around four minutes here and uh, it's impressive as, as hell too. Right. Yeah. Right in our backyard too. It's, yeah. That's, that's great. Um, moving on to number four, uh, Grace Kelsheimer qualifies for the NCAA diving zones in the three meter dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means is she will now participate in the one meter and the three meter NCAA zones events. Yeah, so earlier she already qualified for that one-meter dive. We talked about it on the show before, but now in the three-meter, so she's going to be there at the NCAA Diving Zones. Uh, we'll have more information when that gets close. We'll talk about it here on the show uh, leading up to that. That's just huge. Anytime you're qualifying as a, an athlete in these Olympic sports, 
uh, for a regional, uh, final, a quarterfinal, any of that stuff. Uh, the NCAA diving zones really big. Uh, Grace has been tearing it up on on all the the dives that she's done. We mentioned her on here quite often, uh, winning first, coming in second in these meets and everything. Uh, but she's really putting on a show now. Two different events that she'll be at the NCAA zones. That's also huge. Very big. Moving on to number five, and this includes more than one school, but uh, Mickey Matthews inducted into the JMU Athletics Hall of Fame. Mickey Matthews had the opportunity uh, uh, to meet him a couple of times uh, since we started this show. Once we interviewed him, you were there uh, with me over there. We interviewed the 92 National Championship Reunion uh, attendees and Mickey was the defensive coordinator back then. So he made a, made an appearance. We got to talk to him. Great guy. Also, uh, ran into him, his stomping grounds. Now he's retired and playing as much golf as he can down at, uh, Myrtle beach. So the bowl game last year, uh, w- that we played at, at coastals, uh, stadium, I talked to him there at the tailgate before, um, I know that the JMU squad that we talked to, the fans, mm-hmm. they 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 talk about Mickey. I mean, he got their first ever national championship, so you know they kind of put them on the map. There, he was their head coach. He left here to go there, kind of gave us mm-hmm. a little bit of a bond and and everything. But they talk about him. I know that we do as well, but they talk about him yeah. a lot. So I know that it meant a lot to him. Uh, he he talked to me about his time that he spent there at JMU. Uh, huge, huge honor. And uh, we know what kind of impact he had here during those early 90s teams that he was here for a few years uh, on Don and staff and just set the groundwork for what we carried over into the Mac era and all that. Oh, yeah. And, and congratulations to him. I believe uh, <laughs> very, very well deserved. Um, number six, Ethan Driscoll and Rasheen Ali, uh, both were invited to the NFL combine. Huge because how often is it that we have somebody here that we say, well, he'll play on Sundays or whatever, but they still never get that NFL combine, uh, invite. It's rare to get one and we got two. So huge, huge, uh, Driscoll and Ali both, uh, went to the senior bowl, made impacts there. Uh, Ali of course got hurt in practice after making his, uh, impact there. So obviously going to be limited, uh, for whatever he does get to participate in, in the combine, but just being invited, if he goes there, does interviews with teams, uh, all the stuff that he does that it doesn't have to be physical with his surgery from his biceps tendon rupturing. Um, I hope that he gets to go there and I hope he gets to talk to teams. I hope he gets to show them and talk to them, show them what he's about. Uh, if there is anything, I have no idea. I haven't spoken to any, anybody, but if there is anything physically he could do, you know, I, I know that he can't do anything with his arm. I'm not trying to be cute about this, but, um, you know, I, I just don't know what what they could have him do if there's any, you know, if they do, hey, do some leg presses, hey, do some, you know, whatever. I, I just don't know. 
Right. It, at least he was able to produce some highlights from the yeah. from the Senior Bowl. Uh, it, right. You know, some of those were trending. <laughs> you know, so as, as they should have been. As, right? as they should have been. Yeah. So there were some. Uh, uh, at least he was able to put some pretty good things on film, and now he has some time yeah. to to heal up. Um, but but getting that invite for both him and and Ethan Driscoll's, I mean, that's that's awesome. We love to see it. You know, pro herd, right? You know, we love to yeah. see our guys be able to participate and go to the next level and 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 represent Marshall. Uh, in the NFL. Yeah, both highly deserving. Driscoll's mm-hmm. got those uh, stats for his uh, height and weight, and he put on a, a good performance there at, um, at the Senior Bowl and everything, turned some heads with uh, his strength and size and leverage and all that. Ali, we know he's an all-timer here for the, the times that he was here. What he did on the field was incredible. Great to see both of them there, and any time that it does this i like to say that it elevates marshall to everybody because anyone that's watching the combine and they talk about them people equate hey you can go to marshall and you can go to the nfl combine so it just all this stuff helps recruiting oh absolutely all right moving on to number seven we have a name it's the tri-state colcats so what do you think about that russ all right so I am going to uh, I'm going to say that I plan to go to as many games as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be there to support them. I'm going to buy gear. I was disappointed in the name, and I'll tell you why. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy that bitches about it every time they play <laughs> or yeah. keep bringing it up. I mean, moving forward, it is what it is. They have a name. Uh, I really did not like. Cole being in the name because I feel like that it's just kind of that's what everything is in West Virginia that someone says let's put Cole in the title Um, but I am super pumped for this team so I at the end of the day I don't really care what they're called I'm going to buy the merchandise Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the games I I had, uh, because a season ticket holder for Marshall Baseball, you got the opportunity to buy for um, season seats for uh, the Colcats uh, before the name drop. I did not do that yet because I'm still trying to see am, how many am I getting? Am I getting enough for the family to go? Uh, right. We're going to be gone uh, on vacation uh, for probably, I looked it up on the schedule, maybe – eight of the games. So that's going to put like a third of the season. We won't be there. So I'm still trying to weigh out what I'm going to do, Uh, but I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy it. But for one time, I'm going to say I was disappointed in the Cole cats name. We had kind of thought that it would be something like booger cats. That would be one of those zany minor league things that would, you know, merchandise flies off the shelf just because of its Mm -hmm. name. Also the tie in with that's what, uh, you know, in an alternate universe, we could have ended up with uh, as our name here at Marshall. I can't imagine that wouldn't have been <laughs> wouldn't have been changed over the years. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, green, white, black, a little bit of gray in the logo mm-hmm. there. Uh, excellent color combination. Reminds you of Marshall. Ties it in there. Uh, huge, absolutely huge for our region. And for anyone that's saying it ought to be Huntington, it ought to be Huntington. You don't want to just focus on Huntington. You want to draw in people from Barbersville, Proctorville, Canova, uh, Wayne, all the, um, you know, Chesapeake, South Point, Ironton, 
uh, as far as Portsmouth coming down this way, everything over in Ashland, Grayson, you know, down to Louisa, Tri-State. And maybe it could have been something to do with the river, you know, and the the rails and stuff like that in the name. It ended up coal. I'm going to say it the one time here on the show. <laughs> After that, I'm going to move on. But I will not say anything bad about it not being Huntington. I think it should be Tri-State uh, because... Yes, the field is located here, but our fans that are going to follow this, they're not going to be just from Huntington. So, right, I, I'm. I think that that's that's the right move. No, I, I absolutely, I can't disagree with you on that either. It's, you know, you you draw because it's, you know, I've talked about this before with other people. It's just our area is whether you live on one side of the river or the other side of the river, it's 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 the same area, right? It's, yeah, it's the yeah. tri-state area. Most people have this you know, similar interests who work similar jobs, you know, have some, you know, similar tastes and interests and, mm-hmm. you know, shop at the same place, go to schools, you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the area transcends just Huntington. Uh, so mm-hmm. even if you don't live in city limits, I mean, you're still part of the area. No, I agree. I, I really like that. And I'm, I'm glad we have something, don't be wrong, love Marshall athletics, you know, glad that, you know, Marshall's going to have the baseball team there, but also having something, some outside interests come in, yeah, you know, to to have that you know alternative for for time with you know take your kids and spend an evening out with the family that's that's awesome. Yeah, something to do here in the summer, right? I mean, and I I love baseball. I, I talk about it all the time, being a huge Reds fan, and then kind of how they alienated with the ownership, saying you know, well, where are you going to go? And someone said that they might move the team, and leaves a little bit of, well, here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go right here five minutes from my house and I'm going to watch <laughs> yep. a minor league team that is loosely tied to the uh, un- university that I love so much, you know, yeah. playing on the university's field. Uh, so I, I cannot wait for June the 4th opening day for that. You can get tickets. You can go on their website. I've got that website up. Give me just a second here. And uh, while you're pulling go, that up, I was just going to say, you go over to Herd Zone, they've got an article up, uh, and it's going to list, it's got Tri-State Colcats website, you can find that at appyleague.com slash tri hyphen state, but they also have links here for Colcats merchandise, that's on mountainmindful.com, you can get tickets, the schedule is out over there. And then it even has the Tri-State Colcats branding guide. All of those are links at the top of the article over on HerdZone. So go to HerdZone.com. You'll see the announcement. You'll see the uh, logo and the name in the article. And then when you click on that, it's got those uh, one, two, three, four, five links with all that information right at the top of the article. Good deal. One last thing I wanted to mention before we move on to the number eight was uh, they've announced the uh, for the Colcats. Uh, Tommy Gregg is going to be the manager, and Solomon yep. Torres is the pitching coach. So, yep. I, I got another little thing too. You know, uh, a friend of mine. We were discussing this um, uh, earlier today. You know, today is when they named and released the logo for uh, the the team. I didn't catch it right away, but one of the alternate logos is a paw for the the cat. And the four pads for the, you know, fingers or whatever you would want to call it 
has a T-S-C-C for the pads. So that's Tri-State Coal Cats. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool to have that in there. And if you look at it, the paw that the, you know, the foot pad, the main pad of the foot underneath those uh, four pads up top kind of looks like a mountain, but the whole paw kind of looks like a mountain. And uh, I, I saw this. I don't know if anybody else did. I don't know if I'm reading into it, but uh, right on the uh, like the scruff of the neck on the logo of the cat and at the base of the uh, the paw, uh, it looks like an M uh, right there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was thrown in to kind of like subtly tie it to Marshall, but you got mm-hmm. green, white, black. Uh, you got what looks like an M there. I think they did really well with the logo and everything. I was just kind of real stuck up on the the Cole Cats thing. Yeah. <laughs> so close, so close. Yeah. So everything close. but the Cole Cats. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on to number eight, um, football is a couple of new analysts. Uh, Joe Denny has come on board for the tight ends, and Theron Eight as an offensive analyst. Yeah, and we're hoping that we say uh, that second name uh, correctly. We've never heard it out loud, yeah. uh, so. <laughs> I'm sure here sometime soon we're going to hear that in a in a press release, uh, you know, a press conference. I mean, you know, something mm-hmm. like that where he'll be named. We'll be able to hear that, uh, hear coaches talk about him. Uh, but we moved up a couple of analysts to position groups and redid the coaching staff. So we had these openings here and uh, always good to get these new players in uh, H was at uh, Tennessee state as their offensive coordinator under Eddie George. So uh, I know that he has, if you look up these guys, they've got a good pedigree from where they've been Um, always bringing in someone, even just as an analyst and he was an offensive coordinator somewhere. I think that's a really good move. Yeah. Uh, So I'm, I'm, Happy, I can't wait to see. We got a new look offense and scheme that's going to be coming in, and we've got new analysts and coaches here. It's just a good, fun time to have a kind of a reset for the offense. New players, you know, I forgot to mention that. Reset for the offense to see what they can do. Yep. It's exciting, you know, exciting. You know, there's definitely some changes. We've seen shifts. We've seen the recruiting. You know, there's there's been a lot of things uh, happening in this offseason. Um, Speaking of uh, number nine, last and final thing, the spring practice schedule has been released for football, and we might be able to see maybe some of this new uh, new offensive scheme on the spring game, mm-hmm. which is set for April 20th. Yeah, so let's talk about, I mean, the, the entire thing, you know, the practices and stuff and the news that will come out of those practices, that's always huge uh, when that schedule is announced. But the date of April the 20th, we have known about this for a while. Uh, It's, well, now, you know, since the last show, it's almost been two weeks. But we've known about that date, confirmed that date, because we wanted to do something big for the spring game, just like we did last year. And let's talk about it a little bit, because you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. KD's going to be there. And we are going to have a tailgate bigger and better than we did last year. And then the next day we're going to be over at the softball field like we were last year. And we're going to do that bigger and better because baseball has a game that day as well. So we're going to have softball and baseball, both tailgating over there before their respective games. 
That means anyone coming to the green and white game for football on uh, Friday, April the 20th can stop by our tailgate. We'll have free food there. It's going to be um, done by the Kentucky mash boys and uh, that entire crew that comes down here like they did last year and a couple of tailgates and just have their custom smokers that they're towing down here. And they're going to be cooking all night long for everyone's enjoyment totally free because of landscaping by Hillcrest, uh, which we're going to talk about a lot more as that gets close. And then the very next day, we're going to have all that again for softball and baseball over at the softball parking lot. Again, courtesy of landscaping by Hillcrest. So I'm looking forward to that because last year, you know, we, you know, we did the tailgate, got to, you know, participate, you know, watch the spring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the floods that came through and the crazy yeah. winds and yeah. all that craziness. And unfortunately that next day I was unable to participate in the, uh, the softball tailgate cause I was out. Of yeah. Town. I was yeah. on a trip. So I was yeah. able to, to be there for that. So I'm actually really looking forward to that. So football, yeah. then softball, then baseball. I mean, my, your weekend's planned. My weekend's planned. I think everybody's weekend should be planned. Uh, set it now in your calendars. The weekend of the, the April twentieth. I just I, there's no other place we'd rather be, right? Yeah, that's right. Softball's got a game at noon. Baseball's got a game at one. So we're going to be out there early. Everybody before those games will get to come over and tailgate with us. Uh, the Thundercast and uh, Kentucky Mash Boys. It just every time we get together, the food is amazing. Those guys, we cannot talk good enough about them and their food. They come down here and donate their time. I mean, driving in for hours to get here because they're not local. Uh, They come in from, uh, you know, around the Cincinnati area and around the Columbus area, drive in for this event. They spend their entire weekends here, nights cooking, uh, all day cooking and everything just for our fans. So huge shout out to them. And the food does not get any better than when they throw down on some food on the smoker. It, it does not. I highly recommend. And it, they, those guys don't sleep. You know, it's it, they're rotating, taking turns, waking up every few hours to make sure that that food is is ready for prime time the next the next day. It's, it's having legit. a having a tornado come through and rip a, a flagpole <laughs> off and hit them in the head. You know. Yeah. Uh, they, they had just about everything happen to them, but yeah. Well, Russ, after that, that wraps up every, uh, that wraps all the, the nine things this week uh, brought to us by Ignite Lake. And Jed, thank you. Since you're in here, uh, you make this segment happen for us all the time, sponsoring this segment. I'm going to take a quick little break to shine on your company here um, while you're here and, you know, take just a minute to, to tell us, but you are a herd fan. You are local here in Huntington. They can find you on the Ninth Street Plaza, uh, right right in downtown. Uh, you've made it easy for everybody to get you. They can email you directly. It's jed at ignite.link. Your website is ignite.link. It is just so easy to get a hold of someone over there. But Jed provides not only the stuff that he says, hey, this is not what I do, but he does all the stuff for us for Thundercast Live and all of our technology stuff, uh, helps us uh, host Thundercast online, um, 
which we have seen a lot of growth with our articles and other, other things that we have on there. And it's just the tip of the iceberg on that. But Jed and his team do IT work. So you don't have to have an IT team. They are your IT team. They can save you a lot of money and more than anything, they can give you very good service. Jed, just take one minute or something to tell everybody how they can get a hold of you and a little bit about sure. what you do. Sure. Yeah. As Russ said, ignite.link, all of our Facebook, Twitter handle, everything's ignite link and um, website ignite.link, Jed at ignite.link. So uh, real, real easy to get a hold of us. Um, we specialize in, you know, the, with your small, medium business, managing the entire IT infrastructure, your cybersecurity, uh, planning, budgeting, all the above as it concerns your IT. We do that. Um, Real quick, you know, if you notice I'm wearing a different little thing today. Uh, yeah. This is uh, layer one. This is our part of the Ignite Link family, part of our, uh, uh, it's a new new division that we have where we do all structured cabling now. So do you need mm -hmm. physical setup? So Cat6, uh, fiber, you know, connect, connecting your facilities, you know, all that, you know, all that, the security cameras, any of that thing that's low voltage, you know, we've, we do that now. Uh, under the yeah. banner, uh, but on the Ignite Link side, cybersecurity and IT management. So we just one-stop shop for your needs. Um, come in or have us come in. We'll talk to you. Everything we do is custom. Uh, we, we prepare a plan just, just for you and your business. Yeah. Layer one, you can go in and set somebody up on a new construction, existing uh, facility. You can do all their cabling. And then if something goes sideways, you can go in and do maintenance on that. Or if they already have it set up and how many times have you seen photos of you go in where the servers are and, you know, it's just, you know, a mangled mess of stuff. You guys can go in and, and do it better, right? Yep. Yep. You can we can go in and yep, we can do, yep. We do rack cleanups, rack installations and setups. So especially if you're doing a retrofit or even a new build, we set it up from yeah. start to finish. We can help you plan it, blueprint it, everything. So That's uh, awesome. Real, yeah, really excited about uh, being able to to talk about talk well doing the opposite side of here, but <laughs> talk about layer one and and what it does. But it's part of the Ignite Link family, and that's our effort to for everything that we bring on, we want to be excellent at it. We want to do you know we want to be we want to be great, and we want to be what you need for your business. So if you need the structured cabling side, or whether it's the cybersecurity side, or you know somewhere in between, let you know let us know. Conversation's always free. So, yeah. And I, I can't say enough about what you do for us for uh, Thundercast live and the Thundercast on online and sponsorship here on the show and inside the thunder. And you just allow Marshall fans to get so much information by being a sponsor, being involved, being a strategic partner, as KD has always told everybody of the Thundercast. And we, we appreciate it. But well, I, need, I need somewhere to get my 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 herd news, guys. So you got to think. <laughs> <I> get... <laughs> no, but I, but go ahead. Let's take ahead. it around. Let's take it around the herd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, let's start with uh, track and field. Uh, let's talk about Caden uh, Bowen. Uh, he's a new commitment uh, to track and field. And yeah. can you talk a little bit about uh, Mar the Marshall Invitational? Yeah, I can. Uh, just want to say, as always, with uh, Caden Bowen or any uh, new commit, when we hear um, 
that there is a commit, there's an announcement. They never say if it's going to be for track, it's going to be for field, what events that they do, if they run or whatever. We we mean no disrespect. There's just not as much info out there as like when you see a recruiting site uh, announce that there's a football commit or a basketball commit. So uh, welcome to the herd, Caden Bowen. We look forward to uh, everything that you plan to be doing here. And just looking at his photo and his build and everything, looks like he's going to be on the track side. I just don't know if it's going to be sprinting or hurdles or doing some sort of uh, distance running. All right, so the Marshall Invitational. We talked about uh, Abby Herring breaking the school record. on uh, That happened on day one. Uh, Let's say some other first place things here. Uh, By the way, Abby Herring, we said it was a new meet, school, and track record. Asha Bora finished second in that uh, 5K, 18 minutes, 12 seconds. So think back what Jed said, 16 minutes, 21 seconds. Knocking on the door of two full minutes before our second place from Marshall finished. That's just flat out getting it done. Yeah. All right. So uh, Rebecca Merritt finished first in the weight throw. She had 18.7 meters. Uh, Maddia McCullough finished second in that 17 minutes, 20 or 17.25 meters. Josie Moore finished third, 16.91 meters. So they got first, second and third from Marshall. Diana Goodman, continues to do what she does in the pole vault. She took first place, 3.85 meters. Uh, Let's see here. We also had a couple of second places here. Quay Harrison in the men's high jump, 1.9 meters. And then uh, the distance medley relay, uh, women's team of Tori Dotson, Sophia Newsom, Taylor Spencer, and Hannah Toth finished second on that. That was uh, just day one. Day two, we had even more dominance. So we talked already about Kylie Maston and what she did, and we talked about what uh, Ronnie Saunders did. So let's do these other ones here. Picked up a second place, John Purvis, in the weight throw, but he got first place in the shot put, 15.96 meters. Uh, We ended up... uh, Rebecca Merritt finished second in the shot put. Long jump, women's Laura Check finished first, 5.71 meters. And we had first place, Ronnie Saunders in the mile. Uh, first place, Isaiah Harper in the 400 meters, 48.99 uh, seconds. And first place in that same event for the women, Nia Harrison. 60-meter hurdle finals, Carson Casto got first place. Tyra Thomas still undefeated in this event on the season. I'm going to say that again. Still undefeated on the season in that event. First place, 8.43 meters just off the men's mark. Uh, Ben Parker uh, in the 800 meters, uh, he was our top finisher for that uh, he got eighth place, but in that event for the women, Kylie Maston, we talked about it already, new school record, uh, also had uh, first place in the men's 1K for Kazuma Bowring, 
two point or two minutes thirty two point six eight seconds, and we picked up a first place in the four by four hundred for the men. Team A: Ethan Bowens, Isaiah Harper, Joshua Roush, Isaiah Valentine. Lots of first mm-hmm. place, second place finishes. Just dominated the Marshall Invitational. Hats off to everybody there, but several school records and more personal records, and you always like to see that. Yeah, absolutely, and it's great to see all those names. That means yeah. Marshall's competing extremely well. The athletes there are competing extremely well. And coming up next, uh, yeah, next week, uh, Russ, the uh, Sun Belt Indoor Championships are going to be Monday and Tuesday, which is the 19th and the 20th. So, And that is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you have the chance, log in, check it out. And yep. uh, watch our watch our teams watch uh, Marshall and our, our our guys and girls compete. Yeah, so we just talked about you know all these records and personal bests and everything. That's always a great time to do that right before you're going into the, your conference championship. So we look to see some gold medals coming home. Last year, uh, we had uh, Macy Majoy brought home the first ever Sun Belt medal trophy, whatever for. Marshall University. So that Sun Belt era got kicked off uh, due to track and field. So we're looking forward to expanding on that and seeing what uh, what our athletes can bring home. Absolutely. So we did pick up some commits on football, moving over to football. I okay. uh, picked up a couple commits, uh, all from the class of 2024. Uh, we've got a quarterback, Aiden Karsh, who is six foot three, 230 pounds, and he is from Miami Gardens, Florida. Say that height and weight for everybody again as a uh, as, as, as a, a ju- as a junior quarterback. Yeah, he's yeah, right six now. Three, 230 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Six three, two thirty going into his senior season at quarterback. That's yeah, it means he's probably he's not done growing yet, more than likely. Yeah. Uh we did pick up a cornerback, uh Galija Theodore. He is a six two, hundred sixty-five uh 165 pounds. He's from Miami, Florida. Uh, then we picked up an offensive line uh, commit, same class, 2024. Uh, Treden Henry, who is six foot six, 315 pounds. Yeah. Uh, going into his senior year, and he is from Indian Trail, North Carolina. And then finally, uh, this name will probably be familiar to some people. Uh, quarterback Chase Massey, uh, six foot two, 170 pounds, and he is from Winfield. He is committed as a quarterback. Why does that name sound familiar? I don't know. It might, might just be from right down the road. Uh. <laughs> well, not ju- not just that, but if I'm not mistaken, that is uh, Marshall uh, football star Chris Massey's that's right. that's, son. That's right. Um, okay, yeah. That didn't put two, and two I, together there. I think, uh, please correct me. If, if I'm wrong, it's the first time I've ever been wrong on this right. show. Uh, but uh, – He's definitely, in, in, to my knowledge, related to uh, Marshall great Chris Massey. Send, uh, send, send all complaints to at Russ Living Good. Uh, at Russ Living Good. Hit Russ me Living. up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I want to uh, comment. You know, I commented on the size there for the uh, first quarterback, 6'3", 230, and he looks it. And um, that is just a guy that's going to be hard to bring down. We've seen that in college a lot. Uh, and you don't have to be a burner uh, when you just need to pick up three or four yards and you snap it to your quarterback and 
got somebody blocking for him and he just takes it right up the gut. Um, but, uh, Galijah Theodore, six foot two as a cornerback. And we talk about this on the show all the time. When you've got five foot nine, five foot 10 cornerbacks going up against six, two wide receivers, they're at a disadvantage already. And then you've got the longer arms. Usually for the taller guys, they have a big advantage going over the top. Well, now you're seeing six foot one, six foot two, six foot three in our defensive backfield. And now we're bringing in here's another one, six foot two, 165. He's got some uh, room to grow on that frame and everything. Uh, very fast kid from looking at his times and, and things. But that height is something that, you know, you can take someone that's fast, that's great at coverage and all that stuff, and they're five foot nine. Mm-hmm. They can still get burned, right? Yeah. Uh, they can get it on jump balls. They can just have it thrown over top of them. But this guy, six foot two, we talk uh, about bringing in meat on that offensive line. How about six foot six, 315 going into your senior year? That's already a great size at college. Yeah. And we talk about when they get here and they get into the college weight room, he may stay six six, three fifteen, but he could drop fat pounds and bring in muscle pounds and stay at that same six foot six, or he may go up to six, six, three thirty, or he may get down to three Oh eight, but he's got a lot more muscle than he does right now. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get when you get somebody in here and get them in the uh, nutritional uh, program that we have and the weight room that we have, but that size plays. So we got some good size all across the board from these four pickups. And that's something I like to see. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to see these high school commits along with, you know, these commits that we're getting out of the portal because the portal commits are great, but you also need kids that you can bring in, develop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually sometimes by the end of that first year, you may have a kid, you know, jumping in and playing uh, as well. Just just depends. So you got a lot to pull from. So that's good to see. Yeah. I'm going to jump over to men's soccer. Uh, We got a commit over there. Uh, Max Mankey. uh, Forgive me if I pronounced last name wrong. Uh, he is a defender, and he is from Woodstock, Connecticut. Yeah, played at Woods, Woodstock Academy is where he played. And, uh, again, they just announced they don't even have anywhere that I looked, didn't have a height and weight for him. Uh, that's not as important in soccer as it is for football or basketball, uh, so it wasn't listed. But the reload continues, as we always say on here. You know, and we have gotten – uh, just like in football, we've gotten portal transfers that have played at a high level. And here's someone that we're bringing in from the high school ranks as well. Always love to see it. Uh, Chris Grassy has done a phenomenal job with this roster over the years. If there's anyone that I trust to bring in somebody that is good for soccer, it's got to be Chris Grassy. So if he's bringing him in, I like the pick. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you know, again, this spring, um, you know, we're going to be playing in that off season again. Yeah. Uh, the, spring last, the spring league. The spring league past couple of years, like we've done the past couple of years. So, yeah. Uh, good chance to kind of see these new players. You know, how's mm-hmm. this, you know, it's a different team from last year. How's this new team going to meld and how are they going to play? Obviously, that style is probably going to be very similar to what we've seen yeah. in the past, uh, but it'll be pretty exciting. And that's coming up, uh, I believe, just next month for us. Yep, and uh, those are usually, uh, you get those in Columbus, Louisville, right around here, 
uh, for the region that we're in, uh, that spring league, uh, you're close enough to see several of these games. According to Herd Zone, it looks like we've got a couple at home. Oh, yeah. No, I mean the away games yeah, as the well. The away games, yeah. A couple yeah. at home, and then looks like Xavier, Cincinnati. We got mm-hmm. Indianapolis playing Butler. And then we play in the Crew Stadium, it looks like. Uh, yeah, Columbus middle, Crew. Which would be in the middle of April. So, all, yeah, all, re- all regional, reasonable yep. drives. And, yep. you know, for a team that was uh, number one in the country for a long time, I think that's uh, an easy decision. <laughs> and not just an easy drive for us, but some people live right close to these stadiums and everything. Marshall fans that live in Louisville or Cincinnati or Columbus and uh, Indiana and have a good uh, opportunity to see these games and see the herd on the road. Absolutely. What do we got next? Well, we're going to go over to volleyball. Uh, we've got summer camps coming up in July. Um, yep. And we did get a commitment, but... I don't think we've got a name, but we did pick up a commitment for that. Yeah, so I saw that as well. And here's that uh, Marshall Volleyball, uh, the Save the Date announcement came out uh, this past week. Uh, July the 7th through the 8th is the Little Herd Volleyball Camp. and My oldest daughter has gotten to go to that uh, the last couple of years. And, man, is it fun to watch uh, the the – kids play you know it doesn't have to just be it's not just girls they have guys at at this as well but uh, to see the interaction with the Marshall volleyball players and teaching these uh these young students and everything that get to go to this really really cool but that's not all they have they've got a passer and a server clinic on July the 12th all skills on the 13th and the 14th hitter and setter clinic on July the 19th the elite camp is July 20, 20th and 21st, and the team camp is 26th and 27th of that month. Camps are open to any and all entrants, limited only by age, grade, and gender. Okay. So, um, Very cool. I, I think on the little herd, they let anybody uh, mm-hmm. play, and more like the elite camp and team camps, I think, is. Uh, as female only, but you can check all that out on herd zone. If you got any questions, signing your kids up. Good deal. Well, uh, swim and dive. They, uh, the SBC championship, um, are, well, they're going on right now. Um, 14th through the 17th, uh, they are televised on ESPN plus, and you can look at their schedules on, uh, herdzone.com or for us i don't know if you have those in front of you uh, i don't have the schedule up i know okay. they're playing right now we're recording uh it's uh thursday evening as we record this and they are still ongoing um but let's talk about what they did yesterday on day one of this they won two of the first three events they had three events yesterday and they won two of them uh, led by the 800 freestyle relay team of Molly Warner, Madeline Hart, Audrey West, and Esther LeBon, becoming the first conference championship winning relay team in program history. Now, this is one of the things that I could have put up here on the five things because that's massive. 
but there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, and this event is still going on. So I just want to, you know, we may talk about this again next week on, on one of the five things, but the first time ever for a relay team in program history, I'm going to say it again, 800 meter freestyle relay, Warner, Hart, West, and Lebon. Uh, the day kicked off with the 200 uh, meter medley relay. Maya McBride, Paige Banton, and Madeline Hart, and Clava Katayama. And they got the second fastest in the event in program history. Um, team diving Grace Kelsheimer, Elena Laster, Larissa Monksgard. Uh, defended its title from the 2023 Missouri Valley Conference Championship with a score of 232.9, besting second place Georgia Southern by over two points. So they won that. So again, second in the 200 meter medley relay, but that was the second fastest time ever. Uh, if I got that right, second, yeah, second fastest in program history. And then uh, first place in team diving and first place for the first time ever in the freestyle relay. Huge way to open yep. this up. I can't wait to see what they're doing right now so we can talk about that next week. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you guys will talk about it next week once that, that closes out. So you still have time to watch it. Uh, yep. You've got it tonight and you have uh, – you says it's through the 17th, so it's going on for the next – next few days yeah. so if you can yeah. check it out on espn plus um and that's well it's a championship so if you have time tune in um women's golf so the atlantic invitational um emily mcclatchy finishes tied for first yeah huge way to open this season they don't have anything going on uh the rest of this week or early next week uh, she is from Florida, uh, Emily McClatchy, and had a final round 70 to finish tied atop the leaderboard, taking home the championship as co-champion there. Um, let's just talk a little bit about this. Uh, in addition to McClatchy's round on Tuesday, Marshall got a one under 70 from Olivia Cochan with the sophomore netting 15 pars to go with two birdies and one bogey in a clean round to lose or to close the tournament. Uh, McClatchy, what she had done, finished with five birdies on the day, led the field in the category with 13 in the three-round event. No other competitor had more than nine. I mean, just flat out getting it done. Uh, she was the only golfer in the field to average below par on par four holes. They uh, got strong performances also from Hannah Shrout, Madison Borders. They improved their scores from Monday's rounds by at least five strokes to finish with a 74 and a 76, respectively. So getting a lot better as the uh, as the game went on. But uh, yeah, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different schools here, uh, and 40 different golfers, and McClatchy finishes. Um, Tied, as we said, number one. And, oh, by the way, didn't even talk about it yet, Casey McIlvain finished tied for fourth. So huge day for women's golf. 
uh, Coach Brooke Burkhammer has to be happy with the way they started their season. And if that's a sign of things to come, that's going to be some uh, high rankings that we're going to yep. see in the Sunbelt Conference. Watch out. Watch out. Yeah, yeah that's uh, – I don't know about you, Russ. I only play golf in scrambles. Um, and there's a good reason I only, for that. I only play at putt-putt. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even good at that. Uh, yeah, after after I've played at scrambles, I should probably uh, stick to putt putt as well. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move over to tennis, uh, laying the smackdown on mm-hmm. Louisville and Furman. Yep. Beat Louisville six to one on Friday, and then on Sunday played Furman, uh, beating them five to two. Yeah, so their winning streak is now at five. They've won five different meets in a row, and uh, they were doing even more, if you remember, from uh, what we talked on this show. They had a couple of wins going in, but they uh, ran into the buzzsaw that is Virginia, who had like three of the top 90 or something like that in the in singles competition uh, that, that we had to face. But uh, something I saw earlier today, I think, think that it had us as ninth. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like the non-Power 5 uh, tennis teams or whatever, and we were so, you know, I guess they called it mid-major or whatever, but we were ranked ninth out of that, uh, out of the, their top 25 that they had. Uh, making some noise. It's the, the same people dominating. Uh, you know, we're dominating in doubles. We're dominating in, in singles. Uh, just tearing it up. Old, Old Dominion is higher than us in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, so is Georgia Southern, according to these uh, mid-major rankings. So we have an opportunity to go up against them and really, really uh, make a a, uh, a play for the mm-hmm. conference championship. Yeah, definitely. Where, the, where, where are they going this yeah, week? Going yeah, up to Illinois? Yeah, they're going to Illinois this weekend. Uh, they're going to be against Northwestern and Illinois uh, Illinois State on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and then Illinois on Sunday. Yep. So big road trip for them. They'll be there tomorrow and Saturday. If they win those three, that's going to be eight in a row. And I would love to see uh, where that's going to place them in the pecking order of ranked uh, versus our Sun Belt Conference uh, opponents, and also against everybody in the nation. Absolutely. Where are we going next? We're going to baseball. Season opener at College Charleston on Friday at 4 p.m. Yep. Um, And then Saturday at 2 p.m. And then Sunday at 2 p.m. Yep. So we got an opportunity to come in uh, the first season ever, even though we're not starting at home. That's a good thing. It allows us to continue to fine-tune that uh, Jack Cook field over there, get the scoreboard up, which is going up right now for uh, the baseball stadium. Should be finalized very, very soon. Uh, just putting the final touches on on what they've been doing, getting it ready for opening day, which will be March 1st. But in the meantime, this gives us an opportunity to pick up two or three wins down at the College yep. of Charleston in a little bit better weather than it is up here in the north. And uh, can't wait to see it. I'm hoping to uh, maybe listen to some of the game. I'll be traveling tomorrow evening. Um, I'm going down to Tennessee, but that'll be a long drive that maybe I can listen to yeah. a little bit of it in, a, in an earbud or something as a drive. Yeah, and, and if you guys haven't already, and I'm sure you have, there is an article um, at Thundercast.online 
where Russ, you did the walkthrough of the the new yep. baseball facility, the indoor practice for both softball and baseball. Mm-hmm. And if you have not checked that out already, do so. I highly recommend it. it's it's very impressive. What what yeah, it's going over there. Going to get you pumped up for the season and, and yeah. to go over there. Tickets are on sale now for single games, by the way, for baseball. So head on over to Herd Zone for that. Uh, call the ticket office or stop in the ticket office, whatever you want to do. But if you want to get single game tickets now, you can. All right. We're going to take it over to softball. Um, softball lost to number 12, Arkansas 10 to 3, and FAU 10 to 6 on Thursday. Uh, but they did beat Michigan State 1 to nothing. Um, and then lost to Penn State uh, five to two on Friday. Then they beat Michigan State ten to one on Saturday, and then yeah. they will be in Greenville, North Carolina, this weekend for five games. So I've yeah. got Fairfield Friday at eleven a.m., Longwood Friday at one thirty p.m., Longwood again Saturday at ten a.m., then East Carolina uh, Saturday at twelve thirty p.m., and then Fairfield on Sunday at 10 a.m. Yeah, so let's talk about those uh, first five games. Going up uh, against number 12, Arkansas, and last year our RPI was the only thing really that kept us out. Our strength of schedule was low. Uh, We racked up a lot of wins, most ever in school history, but we got shut out of the the tournament after losing one to nothing at uh, Louisiana on their home field in the championship game. And Coach Zirkle in her first year said, I'm not afraid. I'm going to uh, stack this this schedule. I'm going to take on a bunch of big-time teams. And she started off against number 12, Arkansas. (laughs) We, in these five games, we were either leading or tied or right there in the thick of it, except for uh, a big inning that we gave up here and there. Showed a lot of promise. And we took two out of five, so starting two out of three, very good against that schedule. Uh, Let's talk about Riley Lucas uh, leading the team in average, uh, 467, an OPS of 1.196. No homers, but uh, had three doubles in her seven hits for a team tying lead of seven RBIs overall. Uh, she is slugging 667 and got walked twice on base percentage of 529. 53% of the time she came up, she was getting on base. Uh, she's not all. Kasia Parks hitting 417. Erica Holt, 375. Bella Gerlach had uh, uh, two different home runs. She's tied for the uh, team lead with seven RBIs as well, so 14 of our 19 runs have been driven in by those two, Riley Lucas and Bella Gerlach. Sid Bickle had a home run, hitting 353, and that's one, two, three, four, five players over 300, and then one other one knocking on the door, Cam Mahalis at 286. Great start in those first five games. We got uh, uh, another five that gives us a good opportunity here. If we can win uh, – Three out of five will be at 500. I think everybody was going to take that as a win coming up against these teams. But if we do even better than that, we're coming out with a winning record. And I am here for it because we come in to the weekend after this, which we're going to talk about next week, playing Shonda Stanton down in Arizona. We got three players on the team from Arizona. It's going to be a very good trip to go down there and 
just all around, you know, the getting those players kind of get a hometown game, uh, even though it's just somewhere in the state that they go to, but, uh, or came from. And then, uh, playing Sean to Stanton who just came here and spoke at our, um, first pitch banquet for softball was here for, gosh, I can't remember now. She said 17 years, 18 years or something like that as our head coach at softball. So this season is shaping up to be really, really fun and exciting before they get their first game later this month at the dot. So, yeah, really excited. I mean, softball, you know, as we all know, over the last few years has, has been a very good, exciting, fun program to watch. And I, I see this train continuing to roll this year so yep. far. So looking looking forward to the home opener when they come come back home. Uh, moving over to men's basketball, uh, lost to Troy at Troy, eighty two to sixty six on Wednesday. It's a rough one. Um, and then they're going to be at App State uh, tonight, as we record mm-hmm. uh, within the next few minutes. And then they're going to be at Coastal on Saturday at 2 p.m. And Russ, I don't know if you saw this, but they just announced that this is a little further out in the future. But our Mm -hmm. game, when we play App State again at home, uh, that's actually going to be aired on ESPN2 or ESPNU. And that's going to be – that that game's now going to be moved back to 6 o'clock for that. Yeah, and it's always uh, great to see uh, eyes – on our program on a national level, just about anybody can pick up uh, ESPN two with the package that they have and everything. Uh, I love ESPN plus. It allows me to watch so many games and not just basketball, but softball and, and all the other things. And, you know, can't wait to catch up on everything that we can. I'm really looking forward to some of these conference championships that get aired on there, Mm -hmm. but nothing beats being on a linear channel, ESPN2, ESPNU, yep. where more eyes can see your program. So I, I, thought you, I thought you really liked watching, you know, having to pull up to the gas pump to watch. <laughs> Con- <laughs> Conference USA and Judy. Yeah. So uh, that 82 to 66 uh, loss, yeah. uh, the least I can say about that, the better. We just yeah. we did we did not look good. We were we were in never of any danger winning that game. Too many uh, missed shots. Uh, too many missed rebounds. I'm not I'm not crapping on the team because the guys were out there trying, but it just it wasn't working. You know, it, nothing they did worked. And sometimes you have those games. And I mean, we came out against some other people. We couldn't miss. We were making the extra pass. We were tipping uh, every rebound to either ourselves or our teammates. We were blocking shots down low. We were stealing the ball. We were doing everything we need. Sometimes it works the exact opposite. And it did when we faced Troy. Nothing we were doing was working. They made run after run after run on us. And we were down a lot worse than that. And we came back, but that was just a very tough game to watch. Yeah, towards the end of that, well, middle of that second half, yeah, we kind of made that towards the end. We made a bit of a run, but it was a too little too late on yeah. that. But, you know, it's just there's so many variables that go into it sometimes. Like I, I've noticed with this team too, like anytime you travel to Texas or you travel to Alabama and and those kind of things, that can that definitely – has a toll playing away. I mean, it's, it's always harder to play in someone else's home court. And unfortunately it looked like things were stacked against us uh, in that game, but we got a chance next, you know, uh, we got a chance tonight 
and this weekend to play a little bit closer to home, play play a conference foe, kind of right the ship and notch a few wins before we go into the conference tournament. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we need a good bounce back weekend. Hopefully that's what we get tonight and uh, on Saturday. Uh, last but definitely not least, uh, women's basketball uh, beat Louisiana 74 74- to 42 at home on Wednesday. Uh, yep. That was in front of uh, 19 local elementary schools. So yep. I was working that day, but I actually had it up on ESPN Plus, was able to watch that. That environment had to look crazy. Well, well, so I was working that day too, but I just happened to be uh, talking to Marshall and just happened to be over at the baseball stadium where contractors are over there and you know some others downtown. Uh, so I went to as much of that game that I could go to, and it was just an absolute blast to be at. Those kids were just going crazy for every steal. Uh, if we made a basket, I mean, the it was electric to say the least. They were into it the whole time. And i got to be honest, man, I'm going to put a challenge out for somebody to go back and watch that game. It's on ESPN+. Plus. You can always go in and search Marshall and bring up the the past games. Go go watch just a few minutes of the back and forth that we would have and listen to the crowd's reaction and everything. There is zero reason that we should allow kids to be louder than us. Now I have three loud children. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I know I know how loud kids can be, but they were doing chants. They were loud. They were engaged the whole time and. Uh, they didn't have to be, right? They could have got there and goofed off and everything. No, they killed it. The halftime performers killed it. Barber, Barbersville uh, Elementary came out and did uh, this jump rope routine and this other stuff. It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. So just all around seeing the kids having such a good time, how well behaved they were, how loud they were, it really, really added to that atmosphere. That that was really cool. And I don't know, have they done something like that before? Yeah, like, they like have. It's, okay. Yeah, and like today, uh, which we're getting ready to talk about, we played an app, uh, and it was supposed to be, you know, their daytime game. We chose to bring in all these schools and make that atmosphere the way it was. And if you saw any clips or watched the game today, it was almost empty down at App State. So, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's that was great. Like I said, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go down there, but watching on TV, it was. It was electric. Uh, it was very exciting. I mean, every every basket, every made basket was, you know, everyone was going crazy. Even when when we started pulling away and, you know, it was becoming a, a non, you know, it was pretty obvious that we were going to run away with the game. But it didn't matter, yeah. man. Those kids were just as excited for that basket, you know, at the end of the towards the end of the fourth than they were, you know, the first of the second quarter, you know. So it was it was very cool to see that. Yeah. Um, as Russ uh, alluded to, uh, we did play at App State. Uh, we beat them 87 to 77. So this women's basketball team continues to roll. And then they're going to be playing at Old Dominion on Saturday at 2 p.m. Yeah, let's talk about that game today. Uh, we had to hit a couple of big shots to go ahead right before the fourth quarter. And 747 in the fourth, it's 67 to 64 Marshall. And that's at 747 left in the game, three point difference. And then at 
four minutes over the next like four minutes we ended up we were up 85 to 68 we just went on our run man mm-hmm. uh 21 points no it's uh 18 points to four 18 four run that we went on um or something like that somewhere around there i'll do some math later but uh we just, I mean, went from at one time, uh, App State was a 65% chance to win, like right before the fourth quarter. And then midway through the fourth quarter, when we were just going on that run, we were at 93%. I mean, just totally, totally changed that game. It's been what we've done just about all season long. We pull away or run away in the fourth quarter, or we take the lead in the fourth quarter and then have a go from being 10 down to being 10 up. It's just what we do. We don't get tired. We don't give up. We are relentless as KD has coined and just another huge, huge game. I get tired just watching them play. Yeah, really? (laughs) Let alone being out there. I mean, that style, it is, that's the perfect word for it. Relentless. They are not up. They are go. They are all gas from the start of the first quarter to the end of the fourth quarter. And it, it's fun to watch. I mean, I I've really have enjoyed watching uh, the basketball team this year. Today we were forty percent from behind the arc, fourteen of thirty-five. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, it was put out by uh, by Marshall's Women Basketball um, their Twitter account. Abby Beeman shot one, I think, from uh, Charlotte over there. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was uh it was John Elmore esque, you know. Uh it was a good uh five, six, seven feet behind the arc that she shot it, uh almost from App State's logo. But uh she ended up leading the team twenty one points, uh also uh had nine rebounds and uh six assists, and then Meredith Mayer came off the bench to get fourteen. She hit four big three pointers. Uh, we got 13 each from Brianna Campbell and Sydney Scott. Went man, just at, at one time they just took off, hitting threes when they needed them, and uh, they just—I mean—they just put some distance up. Good thing to see. Aislin Hayes was back wearing a knee brace. Uh, if you remember, she sat out last week's uh, or that earlier in the game that we talked about with the kids being there. Uh, she took a uh, bad tumble at the end of the James Madison game, uh, sat out as a precaution of that last game, but she was back. She came off the bench to score nine in this game. So uh, full healthy squad. I think there's nobody else in the, in the Sun Belt besides James Madison that can even compare to him right now. This was a really, really good App State team, and we were crushing them late. They had to come back to lose by nine. And, uh, yeah, they, I, you know, good, good. You know, I was just going to say James Madison in our only loss in the Sun Belt and our only loss since the first six games of the season, they, uh, they just had us in size on that last game. And again, we're down our only true power forward. Uh, but they're the only team that I can see right now unless we just beat ourselves with a bad yeah. shooting night and turnovers. I just don't see anybody else playing with us right now in the conference. No, I agree. And even when they've gone through slumps, you know, I've 
been able to watch quite a few of their games and they they've gone through some slumps, you know, whether it's a third quarter slump or something like that, they've willed themselves yeah. back into a game and, you know, being relentless, playing good defense, you know, getting those turnovers, you know, that they've been getting, forcing all those turnovers that they do, you know, has, you know, cause basketball is a game of ebb and flow, right? You're going to have, you know, you're going to go cold, you're going to go hot and it's, it's mitigating those, you know, getting down by 20, <laughs> you're getting down yeah. by 15, you know, for when you start getting hot again. And they've been able to do that time and time again, you know, be able to, you know, will themselves to victory or steamroll teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jed, there was an absolute ton of things to cover, yeah. uh, main, mainly because, you know, it was, you know, 12 days, 10 days, somewhere in there since we had recorded last and had all this info that we had to go over with all the results and everything, it just piled up on us. So we had a little bit longer episode than we had hoped without having a feature on here, but I cannot thank you enough for stepping in for KD. I do want to point out for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, we did not uh, reverse the screens or anything since I was going to be quote unquote playing KD today. Uh, doing the lead-in and everything, I left myself on on the side of the screen that he's normally on. So it's got his Twitter handle underneath my face and my Twitter handle underneath Jed's. But uh, other than that, I think we did okay pinch hitting for the great guy, KD. He's always got us on point on here. And uh, I can't wait till he edits out all of our mistakes and uh, also makes my hair look even better. <laughs> well, that's exactly why you had your handle below me. Any complaints about my uh, production today? <laughs> right down at you, yeah. At, at, at Russ Living Good, so yeah. all complaints. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jed, that wraps it up. Do you have any final thoughts before we take it out of here? The only thing I've got, Russ, is just thank you, thank you all for for having me on today, and uh, uh, you know, thank you just you know for everything you guys do with the podcast and and uh, Thundercast Online and everything you do to bring. Uh, uh, more you know, martial athletic news to the masses. I uh, really appreciate what you guys do, and it's honestly honor honor that uh, that uh, you had me on today, and I appreciate it. Oh, uh, it's the it's the least we could do. You're you're our pinch hitter anytime I'm out and uh, KD's out, and maybe one day both of us will be out, and we'll just let you have your own show talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it might it but, might be more technology focused or something i'll know <laughs> but th thank you one more time Absolutely. for uh stepping in you did a great job today and uh with that i'm gonna say that whether you see us at the joan whether you see us at the cam or whether you see us all so close to opening day over at the jack no matter where you see us we're gonna be saying go herd go herd go herd it's the thundercast we'll see you later